Blog Talk Radio. BDPAI Radio showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, and computer science academics. We highlight people with a passion for educating our youth in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPAI Radio Show serves the BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology. Welcome to the BDPAI Radio Show. I'm Jayla, sitting in for Fran McNeil, producer of the BDPAI Radio Show. Tonight is Tuesday, May 12, 2015, and our guests are Mary McWilliams, Defense Logistics Agency Six Sigma Black Belt, and Chad White. BDPA Dallas Chapter President, and our special feature, Open Microphone, with the co-hosts, who include myself, Jayla Cruz, Tim Butts, Wayne Hicks, and Ron Story. Our studio engineer is Everaldo Gallimore, and our producer is Fran McNeil. So, let's get started. Wayne Hicks will interview Mary McWilliams. Wayne? Thank you, Jayla. Well, I guess we begin by just saying hello. How are you doing, Mary? And welcome to the BDPA iRadio show. Thank you very much for being our guest tonight. I'm well. Thank you for the invitation. It is my pleasure. You know, I'm very, very excited to interview for a number of reasons. I need to give our audience a, a brief bio um, just so they, they, um, they understand who we are speaking with. Um, you are practicing MBA an enthusiastic engineering professional working for the Defense Logistics Agency in Columbus, Ohio. You're also the 2014 and 15 chair-elect for the Professional Executive Board of the National Society of Black Engineers, otherwise known as NSBE. And you've been a member of NSBE since, well, I don't know if I should say this out loud, but since 1982. I'll speak it in there. Um, you've completed your undergraduate degree at Franklin University in in uh, Columbus. You got your MBA from Ashland University, and you've been an adjunct instructor for a number of community colleges, um, the Ohio Dominion University and the University of Phoenix. I guess the the first thing that I should ask you is just out of curiosity: um, Had you heard of, before just recently? Had you heard of BDPA before? Almost certainly because of my affiliation with the National Society of Black Engineers. We also have uh, some of our professional members that are also members of um, of your organization. So it wasn't new to me. So I, I'm, you know, very glad to be able to sit in uh, with you all and have a discussion tonight. And then you've been working, I guess, as a practicing um, engineer, you've been working in, in the area that we call STEM, that, that whole um science, technology, engineering, and mathematics area. Um, and recently, I guess you've been working or you have been working with the Defense Logistics Agency. Um, and you're very proud of the fact, I guess you should be because of the, the how hard it is to get. You're a Six Sigma black belt. Can you explain to our audience what, what that means? What do you, how do you use that in your work with the Defense Logistics Agency? So I serve in a dual capacity as a lead electronics engineer where I develop fiber optic specifications for the Department of Defense and its agencies. And then this work is done in conjunction and 
collaboratively with original equipment manufacturers and other commercial entities that want to ensure that the, pro- the products that they make for our warfighters uh, don't do any harm. So our warfighters are our parents, our children, and our sons and daughters, and we make sure that the, these uh, these final uh, units don't do any harm and make sure that our our entities are safe. So we don't ever want to make anything that that causes any harm to our our members and the like. So in 2009. Uh, I received my certification as a Lean Six Sigma Black Belt for DLA. That means that I make sustainable process improvements in targeted areas within an enterprise to ensure that we're being good stewards of our tax dollars that's, that's entrusted to us. So when I am asked to work on an enterprise Lean Six Sigma pro- project, my workload gets adjusted as well to accommodate the mission. So this work entails developing process maps, understanding and establishing the current state of the process, and then getting down to the root cause of a situation. So that means you have to really be a person that likes to ask questions, that likes to uh, solve problems, and engineers like myself, we are geared toward that kind of work. And then we also have to understand the mathematics and the data behind it. So that's when statistics comes into play, and then understanding the data behind uh, the final answers. Then after that, we have to report out to our stakeholders and our project champions on what the findings are and what those sustainable findings are. And then that is uh, in an effort to eliminate waste in an organization, thereby saving money or preventing cost avoidances. So engineers do this type of work in corporate America. So when it came to uh, the federal government in in 2009, I knew I had to be a part of that training team. Well, that's outstanding. So you 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 mentioned that the work that DLA does, you 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 communicate, you do an awful lot of of fact gathering, an awful lot of questioning with your stakeholders. Are stakeholders as simple as the the various military? Units or the you know, military agencies, or who who are examples of stakeholders for DLA? Like, um, I interface very closely with the Air Force, the Marines, the Army, uh, Boeing, you know, uh, Lockheed Martin, uh, any because because I handle uh, fiber optic specifications. Those companies that manufacture fiber optic components, those are are our stakeholders. And then, most importantly, when we get phone calls from our servicemen across the world, we have to be able to respond to them and respond to them timely. So those are who my stakeholders are. That is that is pretty exciting um, work. You say that you get you get phone calls from stakeholders from I'm going to call them customers, I guess customers, stakeholders from mm-hmm. around the world. Are those are those folks that are that are at bases that are located around the world? Are they folks that are actually in quote unquote combat type of situations? What what are some of the the you know, far reaching efforts that you've had over over the time that you've been working there? Um, I have had servicemen call me that are that are uh, overseas, right, and asking for different components. And when I was working specifically in wire and cable, um, they were looking for components that they needed to get their equipment up and running. So they can't wait for an excuse for uh a long time for you to get back to them. So you have to always be responsible and responsive to those needs because, like I said, those servicemen are our family members. So we want to make sure that we give them the right components at the right time at the right price. 
What we also are very concerned about is the fact that um, a lot of people uh, want to do business with the federal government, but the products aren't up to par. So that's when my department comes in, in handy. Uh, we come into play because we make sure that the products that uh, go out to the, to our, into our supply chain, we keep that supply chain clean because, well, again, we don't want to have discrepant material in the supply chain that ends up causing uh, harm and loss of life or limb to anybody um, that has to use our our, um, our product. I see. All right, let me let me move on to another one of your passions. Um, in addition to the work that you do for the federal government, you've also been extremely active for over thirty years with the uh, with Nesby, and and most recently you you I guess were honored to be um, elected as the chair elect for the professional executive board. Is that at a national level? That's on a national level, and my term in that as chair-elect ended um, May 1st. And as of May 1st, I am now the National Professionals Chair for the National Society of Black Engineers, which means that I have responsibility and oversight of our membership, which is um, like 7,000 members strong, both domestically and internationally. So it is such a very exciting time, but it's also a very humbling time for me because I remember, since you said 30 years ago, I'll just have to say it again, 30 years ago in that space, and now that I am a technical professional and I'm still in this organization because it still has value and it still is relevant. So it's such a rewarding experience. I have gained so much from being not only a student in NSBE, a student leader in NSBE, and now to be a national professional leader is is uh is more than I could ever have imagined. So you'll be working over the course of your term that you that you currently began a few months back. You'll be working um, as the chair of the professional executive board. You'll be servicing these seven thousand members um, domestically and and um, internationally. And what is it that you're hoping that you and and the other folks that are on that the executive board? What are you guys hoping to deliver to them? What is it that you you know really want to to see accomplished over? over these next couple of years? So right now we have just completed our, our strategic plan, and um, one of the goals for the professionals is that we grow our domestic membership. Um, so for 2015-2016, I am tasked with growing our professional members to from 3,000 domestically to 5,000, and then the following year the goal is to bring that number to 6,000 and then the subsequent year to bring that number up to 8,000. And the reason we're doing that is because we know that there are a lot of professional uh, black engineers out in the community, and we want to make sure that we are able to address the, those concerns in our, in our community and make a positive impact. So we have this year four focus areas, and they are chapter, in, chapter empowerment and professional development and um, growth of the professionals, and so we're just so excited. We know that there's work to do. We mentor our, our, our younger counterparts and just uh, make sure that they, along with our community, knows that there are engineers in this space and we are here, and just to be an example to positively impact our community and also uh, affect public policy. That is, that is remarkable. Those those 3,000 professional members that are located within the uh, United States, how many how many chapters do you think that is around the country? How many chapters are there just, just within the well, United States? 
we are divided up in the six regions. And then so my data has shown me that, um, let's see where we are. We have about 68 professional chapters, 250 student chapters, 99 active pre-college, uh, which we call our Nesby Junior chapters. So we're very, we're from, uh, we do the entire supply chain from cradle to grave, as I call it. That is remarkable. And now your focus has the has the head of the professional executive board is with the 68 professional chapters as opposed to with um, either of those other two classifications. Is that do I have that right? Yeah. And so because we have 68 professional chapters, but we link in across uh, all the all the um, different demographics. So we have our, our prof we have um, our professional executive board. We have uh, a chairperson that focuses on the pre-college initiative. Then we have another person on my team this year and every year that focuses on the college initiative programs. And then oh, okay. the professionals, we also interface very closely with the National Executive Board, which are our right. college, our collegiate counterparts. And so you had talked about the things that you're hoping to accomplish, the, the four um, uh, areas that you're, that you're going to look to focus on, including chapter empowerment and growth of the, of the uh, membership. You also talked about professional development. What, what are some examples for, for those um, that are in the listening audience who either are practicing engineers or are you know, associated with the engineering profession and, what, and all of its various um, you know, types and, and, and categories? What are some of the professional development opportunities that they may have? Oh, so every year, the professionals, we put on a professional development conference, and that way we we have targeted workshops and trainings for our professional members. And what we have found, the majority of our demographic is either in the zero to five time year um, professional, and then but the bulk of our demographic is in the 10 plus year professional. So we have a nice mixture of uh, trainings and networking opportunities so our professionals can always continue to grow and develop themselves in their, in their careers. So we have trainings for those that want to become um, licensed PEs, so we have trainings to facilitate that. We also have trainings for those that want to become um, um, in PMPs and Lean Six Sigma. So we have all of those curriculum developed and available to our membership at any given time. And but here's the beauty of it is that we open up our trainings to other technical organizations. So people like BDPA can come in and, you know, glean something from our trainings. Then uh, organizations like SWE and SHIP and Comto and National Technical Association can all also benefit from the trainings that we put together. And these trainings take place within those six regions. They take place at the national. They take place in the state. Where, where do they take place? So this year, um, we have in, we we rotate the location. So in twenty what's this twenty fourteen, we had our professional development conference in Phoenix, Arizona. So we all uh, went out to Phoenix for our professional development conference and. We had a, uh, a time for some golfing and mentoring, and we had a, we we have a number of executive uh, fireside chats where we have time to sit down and talk to sea level executives on professional development and you know different 
topics that our demographic has said that that's important to them. Now, this year, our um, professional development conference will be held in Hartford, Connecticut. And so we will have some programming um, ready for that as well. And we already have secured our keynote speaker, which is Dr. Stephen Perry. And uh, so he's going to be our keynote this year. Well, so you had mentioned that you open it up for other folks that are outside of Nesby to take advantage. So if you're a BDPA yes. member listening, how can they how can they learn more and, and and find ways to be in Hartford and to take advantage of what's being being offered? Is there a number they call? Is there a website? How do they get in touch with you? Oh, we have a website, and it is www.nsbe.org. And all that information can be posted. It's posted right there where you can register and expect a fabulous time and network with the National Society of Black Engineers because what we find, we have commonality and mutuality. Very much so. I, 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 there's two things I want to do, and one thing I, I definitely should do. The reason that I, that, that I know of you is because um, we are both doing some work in the state of Ohio with a with an initiative that's called Believe in Ohio, and you are the representative yes. for the Columbus, Ohio area, and I, I'm fortunate enough to be the representative in Cincinnati. What 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 back? What would you like to tell the audience about Believe in Ohio, that STEM initiative for for innovative entrepreneurs, et cetera? What I'd like to say is that you know mentorship is very vital, and the the mentoring relationships that I have been fortunate to be a part of have positioned me to be a part of Believe in Ohio to this present moment. And that was because years ago, Dr. Julian Earls poured into me as I, as I was a, co- a co-op student in NASA Lewis Research Center, which is now NASA Glenn. And so he brought this uh, opportunity to me because uh, he um, has always believed in the mantra that each one teach one, and he has reached out at every opportunity to the young people and encouraged and mentored them to pursue, pursue careers in science and technology. And now he's asked people like me to come in and do the same work. What I'm excited about Believe in Ohio is that it has an entrepreneurial portion to it that a lot of times what we find is that the focus on STEM, uh, which is science, technology, engineering, and math, uh, is missed by our demographic uh, in our urban communities and in our rural communities. So this is a, a free program that I'm very excited about that helps students, students understand the importance of a STEM education and an entrepreneurial mindset. So I see a lot of commonality because with Believe in Ohio and with NSBE because we also believe um, a portion of our demographic will be entrepreneurs, and we have uh, professionals and young people that are entrepreneurs. So the Believe in Ohio program is a natural fit. So I'm here in this capacity to do the same work that I've been doing and just let people know that there's another avenue out here um, that is Believe in Ohio. Mary, you have been an outstanding guest, and, and you've shared an awful lot of information um, in the remaining minute or so that is left, uh, do you have any, any final thought that you want to leave with our BDPA iRadio audience? You know, the, in our remaining time together, one thing that I would like to say is that there is an urgent need for our children to see us and our careers as a way up and a way out. 
and whatever you can do to be a positive impact in your community, do that because our children are looking to us as example. And that's all I have this evening, and thank you again for the opportunity. I have certainly enjoyed it. You, you have been wonderful. We look forward to working with you. I'm very, very hopeful that at a national level we can find ways for BDPA as a national organization to connect with your national organization in, in, a, in a much more vibrant way as we move forward. So um, that will be one of the things I walk away from our, from our conversation with. Oh, I look forward to it. Thank you so much, Mary, for, for being our guest. And with that, I will – We'll check, we'll check away for just a moment. Thank you. BDPA is the premier organization for people of African-American descent in the information technology industry. BDPA exists to advance the careers of African-Americans in the IT industry from the classroom to the boardroom. You can find BDPA on group site, Twitter, and Facebook. Hello. Welcome back to the BDPA radio show. I will be interviewing Chad White, the chapter president for BDPA Dallas. Chad, how are you? I'm wonderful. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Thank you for being a guest tonight. Are you calling out of Dallas, Texas? I am. I am currently in Dallas, Texas. How's the weather there tonight? The weather here is beautiful. Right now, about at 70, 73 degrees. It's a little bit overcast. We had quite a lot of rain, some some flooding. But right now it's one of those times where it's just dry. It's after the rain. It's after the rain, and it's not too hot. It's just it's one of those days where you don't need a jacket. It's just perfect. Right. That's good. Well, Chad, I'm excited to interview you, and I'd like to take a moment to just share some information about you with the audience. Um, you served as the BDPA chapter Dallas chapter president since January of 2014. Um, Chad is in his second year as the leader of the 17th largest chapter in the nation. We want to hear his vision for the future of BDPA in Texas over the coming months and years. So what are some of your future visions for the Dallas chapter? My my vision for the Dallas chapter, which I think a lot of the other chapters have the same vision, is that you you want to grow your footprint, and you want to you get well. You have to grow your footprint. So in Dallas, one of the things is, I think we've done very well, also with the help of Wayne Hicks, of course. You know, working on our corporate sponsors and keeping corporate sponsors aligned, and we we we've been fairly well at doing that. Of course, there's always room to do more. But one of the things that that I'm that I'm pushing forward is getting out in the community, having community-based events. And I'll give you one example. Give really quickly is. If you if you look at uh, well, of course in the Dallas Dallas area, on the weekends on any Saturday morning, you go to the soccer fields, the football fields, the tracks, basketball gyms. They're full, but all the schools are closed. So one thing that I'm trying to push forward is for for us to start creating competitions related to STEM on the weekends. So where hey, I got to take my kid to a PowerPoint competition or a Microsoft Excel, or Microsoft Access, or even the web development type things to where it's not just as we prepare for conference, but it's a year-long thing so we can start creating more community-based events, which will lead us into the footprint of corporate sponsors. Right. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. 
My question is, how did you first find out about BDPA, and what has kept you involved? Now, how I first found out about BDPA is going to be quite humorous. Um, it was mentioned to me on a phone call while I was at uh, I was at work uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield when they first started the corporate chapter there, and I was I was asked to be part of the membership chair or the VP of membership because we were just starting out as a corporate chapter. Um, so I received a phone call and that the individual Sheila Marino from Chicago she told me that she'll be in Dallas and she'll love to meet me from Chicago. I said great. So when I actually met with her, I had. She gave me this whole spiel about BDPA and how great it was, and they were starting a corporate chapter, and I listened and listened. And at the end of the conversation, I did not remember who she was. I couldn't remember that we had the phone call prior to. But nonetheless, she ushered me through BDPA, Blue Cross Blue Shield, IT leaders who have been beautiful as far as mentoring me and keeping me involved and pushing me to the next level. And when you talk about mentoring, one of the great things that they gave me was not just mentoring. They gave me opportunity. They put me in position to have opportunity. And it's the same way with Wayne Hicks. He's done the same for me as well. So for me, what has kept me involved is all the mentors that I have, all the support that I have, and just the click of a phone call. So I always tell people, you know, when you're trying to get, grow your membership and they want to say, well, what does BDPA offer? It's hard to say, and I always use the same phrase, we're networking on steroids. You can you can truly you have to make it what you want it to be. Right, right. And you're another huge advocate of mentoring, which we heard earlier, Mary discussing uh, mentoring as well. So, in terms of a mentor, what to you do you feel makes a good mentor? What qualities really makes a great mentor? For me, I'm I'm. A, <laughs> As I'll, I'll say, I'll, re, I'll relate it to athletics. Um, in my high school days, you, you have sometimes your your closest your closest friends outside of your parents, or well, even outside of the friendship of your of your peers. Sometimes it's your coaches, football coaches, basketball coaches, whatever the coach may be. And to me, it's that same relationship to where you want to mentor. You want a mentor that's going to push you to excel. But you will also want a mentor that's not afraid to tell you where you're not meeting the mark and where you need to try a little harder. Um, to me, I want I wanted I as as you would see meat in the grocery store, I want it as raw as possible because I want the most out of that mentorship session as possible. So I say when you want it when you when you when you say you want to be mentored, truly truly value that person's time. And what I always say is I want someone to mentor me in which I'm looking at as a mirror to where I'm trying to be where they are within a certain amount of time. So you have to set those goals. So the the good quality of a mentor is having someone who's very truthful and they you know they'll tell you they'll tell you the good and the bad and if at, at all possible if they can provide opportunities for you, that's also a good thing as well. Now, as far as your involvement in service to BDPA, what accomplishment are you the most proud of? You know, I'm 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 very proud of just my track record with BDPA from just 
from serving on the corporate chapter at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Texas and also, well, Texas, Chicago, both chapters there. And just growing growing that from a professional standpoint and then also being a part of the Dallas chapter and, you know, also having the ability to be, you know, as now serve as the president of the Dallas chapter. And also I've served some time on the national board as well. And now I'm still, well, I'm pro- pro- I'm uh, producing metrics on a monthly basis on our on our membership and you know how it's how it's performing month over month even even on the yearly uh, wrap up. So there's a lot of things that I you know I definitely definitely enjoy. There's a lot of things like I said BDPA has given me, which I don't think it's I don't think one person knows because I've taken a little bit from everybody. I've taken some from Wayne Hicks. I'm taking I'm taking some from Earl Pace. I'm taking some from my leaders, from my IT leaders at Blue Cross Blue Shield. So you take those little pieces and you got to attach yourself to them. So to me, I I love BDPA. As the chapter president, what are some of your key responsibilities? One of the key responsibilities, and I know you, it might be cliche, but I always tell people the key responsibility for me is to keep the lights on. Um, and outside of that, uh, making sure that we can, making sure that we're able and we're in a position to attend the conference every year, and most importantly, to grow the membership. And by growing the membership, by growing our membership and our footprint within the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I kind of attack it. I attack it from a different different stand. I work on first creating relationships and letting them know what BDP is about and just to, hey, hang out with us, be involved. If you're not really sure on your membership, well, just hang out with us and get to know us. And then by, by association, eventually that person will, will you know, they'll, they'll be inclined to get a membership. Um, so it's one of those things where you, you visit a church and you don't really know if you want to join, but after you visit three or four times, it kind of sits in. So I kind of take that same approach. Now, in terms of your, um, in terms of your background as well, um, I know that we spoke earlier, and you you were speaking on behalf of uh, different challenges throughout the day. What are some of the challenges that uh, and obstacles that you, you're dealing with day by day in, in uh, terms of your work background? Uh, as far as my professional background. Uh, so, so yeah, we right at the beginning of the call, I spoke about just some just challenges throughout the day. Um, I'm currently serving as a as a product manager of over a well at a company where we do uh, e-scripting, which is basically electronic prescriptions, and it's just one of those things where data has to travel through various channels, and it has to end at a certain destination. And through the various channels, some things get lost, and having that. You know, just that ability to track it, track it, find it, get it to where it needs to be. Sometimes can be very challenging. Um, but out, outside of just the day-to-day work, BDPA is always there. So I'll say, and I'm sure Wayne can attest to this: as a chapter president or leader, you get calls constantly. Either someone wants to partner with BDPA, host an event with PD, BDPA or just want to know more about BDPA, and they'll reach out to sometimes the presidents first. And, you know, even though even though sometimes those calls, you can't get them all, 
it's just it, to me it's just wonderful that those calls do come and you get a chance to wrap your you get a chance to introduce your employer as well to BDPA and that and that in itself will put some people if you if you attack that in the right way that will put you in a situation where you can get noticed and you can use some of the things that your mentors have taught you to to grow BDPA within your organization as well so even though I'm even when I'm in my uh, day-to-day job I'm always working with BDPA wow okay what two what two lessons would you like to share with the BDPA I radio audience the the most the most important two lessons I, I would say I have is um I always I always say the first one it, it's it's cliche but I always say treat treat people as as the way you want to be treated and out outside of that do something that you really love and you have a passion for it for mine it's BDPA for others it might not be but just get involved help the community, and I will say, I wanted to add, I am also, or at least I was, a member of NSBE in undergrad, so that was that was some time ago. I don't know if I still have an active membership or not, but uh, I, have to, I have to say I was a member of NSBE as well. Okay, great. Now, in the remaining moment, can you share a final thought for the audience as well? The, my final thought would be, if there's if you have any time in your free schedule, any time, come see what BDPA is doing, no matter where you are, if there's a local chapter near you, if there's something on the website, if we're having a you know, any call, any event, just come just go support the local chapter by just get you know, just being president, just understanding what BDPA is about. Excellent. Thank you so much. It has been a pleasure to listen and learn from you. I thank you for being a guest and wish you a safe and warm evening. Oh, thank you. And now a word from our sponsor. The BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, a nonprofit organization that exists for the sole purpose of funding BDPA programs scholarships, and services around the nation. Follow us on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash BDPA Foundation or Twitter, www.twitter.com forward slash BDPA. And we're back. This is Tim Bucks, co-host here at the BDPA Radio Show. We are back with you, the radio audience. And we want to just have an open forum among the co-hosts. And um, any of you who can access, I see somebody already tweeted me with some feedback. Anyone can access us. We just want to have an open forum on the great guests we've had this evening. And I want to kick it off with an open-ended question to the other co-hosts. You heard the guest tonight. Let's start with Mary, Six Sigma Black Belt, Defense Logistics Agency. You heard the you heard the conversation. A couple of nice invitations for collaborations there. What resonates with you as an important takeaway from that interview? Anyone? Uh, Ron's story Ron. here. Uh, one of the pieces, Tim, that that uh, in her sharing is one of the takeaways. Uh, exactly with several, as uh, the professional development. Uh, how Mary that addressed and spoke to the professional development that's involved through her work 
and the professional development that's involved through the activities and the professional associations that, that she's been involved um, with. Um, one through the engineering um, opportunities. Um, each year, the, the organization sponsors uh, professional workshops. Um, and that, to me, is really key. Um, one for current um, students to look at ways to um, engage with professionals and as well as with professionals uh, to look at ways to, um, to expand on the career horizon. I agree. I agree. Jayla, what do you think? I think that one thing that resonated with me as an important takeaway would definitely be the uh, shout out that she gave involving the Hartford, Connecticut conference. I think it sounds like an excellent uh, opportunity for people to get involved with, and the information can be found on their website at nesby.org. Excellent. Wayne, Wayne, welcome, man. What were your What were your takeaways? I thought that was a lot of great energy you guys uh, initiated, permeated, and shared. Uh, some takeaways that you had that you want the audience to be aware of. I I think that I, I, well, first I agree with what Ron and Jayla have said. Um, I also just think that that I hope that BDPA on a local chapter level, BDPA at a regional level, our four regions has they has they are kind of co-located with the six regions that Mary talked about, and then BDPA at a national level, I really hope that we take up the challenge of finding a way to partner with NSB, you know, finding a way to truly engage with one another um, just in some kind of way at each of those levels, local, regional, and national. And um, I, there's just so much power of getting, you know, technical, digital, professionals, engineers, just getting us to work together, and I think Mary kind of, you know, kind of opened that up as a possibility. And I, I just hope that we do something, you know, a little, that we just take it, that we take that challenge, you know, each of us individually and each of us has chapter leaders, and, and try to do something with that. That strategic alliance between BDPA and NSBE would be so important. I concur. So we have the opportunity, and my feedback is, you really enlightened us about the opportunity to do that collaboration, but also ever-present marketing of what it is that your organization does. But in doing that marketing, open yourself up, open the organizations up to partnerships, to other engagements, because that's how you keep people engaged, by always changing the mix, making it vibrant, making it diverse and fun. So by NSBE partnering with a BDPA project and a meeting and just people just general conversation, this interview is a perfect example of microcosm of here's what we can do in terms of other ideas, other activities, other engagements. And to me, that is something that is exceptional. Uh, in fact, is Mary on the line? Mary, Mary what do you think? Oh, I'm here. Um, is yeah. my mic on? Okay, so. Yeah, you're good, Mary. You know, I hear you. Cool, because here's the thing, though. Because yeah. we have such commonality and mutuality anyway, there's no reason why we can't, you know, do some joining events because there's strength in numbers. Your concerns are our concerns. Like I said, one of your call, one of your um, um, guests was saying he was a NSB member. There's really no reason why he shouldn't be a NSB professional member now. There you go. So because the work is still out there, right? Right. 
So we have so with with NESB, of course, the commonality is the E, the engineering in in STEM, right? But the T is technology. So we have computer science engineers in NESB. We have IT, IT professionals in NESB. We have special we what we call our special interest group, our six, and we have six of them, I believe now, and one of them is what we have. Uh, coined the ITTT six, so they take on those other projects that's out in the IT space mm-hmm. that I don't know anything about and don't want to know about because it makes my head hurt. But they're out there doing innovative things for the community and for the Nesby demographic as a whole, and then for our collegiate membership across the board. So there's room at the table for you. So I always yeah. say. There's there's room, even just like Wayne was saying, chapter level, regional level, national level, there's room at the table to have those discussions and have those strategic partnerships and alliances going forward. All we have to do is just make it happen. I agree. I agree. I would even challenge people to ask, how many professional memberships from multiple organizations do you have and how do you engage them together? How do you make it complete you? How do you make it an extension of who you are? So I love this. Well, I, this is a great conversation. Yeah, go ahead. I have I have several. Um, I'm not in DDPA because I'm not in the IT space, so what you all would tell me, I don't know. But I'm also in uh, Comto. I've been a member of NTA, which is National Technical Association. You know, I'm affiliated with uh, SWE. So I'm not just a NESB member, right? That's okay. just one of the things that uh-huh. I do. And, and, and NESB also has partnerships with ASC, uh, American Society of Civil Engineers. And we have partnerships with SWE. We have partnerships with, oh, my gosh, you know, we have multiple partnerships with, with SHIP, too. So we have those alliances set up. So we cross those lines as we need to because at the end of the day, the the goal is still the same, is to increase the pipeline of black and, and uh, underserved people to go into these fields yep. that yep. are non-traditional. Yep, I agree. Now, specifically to the second interview, Chad, you were talking about how things are happening in Dallas, and the great influx of energy that Wayne's provided and other mentors have provided, I'd like to know some responses from our co-host audience, and then we can kind of branch out in the same way and some takeaways from that interview. Reverse the field. Jayla, what do you think? I really like what was said in regards to finding a mentor and choosing mentors who are willing to deliver the raw truth. The the truth yeah. can just get to the point and and really dissect within a person what they what really needs to be worked on in order to push them. And I think that a lot of people out there um who want to go into a particular field or um it's good to find a mentor, and I think that a lot of uh, the big question is always how to find someone who will uh, pr- provide you with real content that you can use and apply and start to begin to work on yourself with. So um, 
wanting to seek out someone who's not always going to tell you what you want to hear is a good framework of finding a good mentor who can potentially lead you into a good direction and um, uh, build you up to be greater and to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. Ron. Well, Ted uh, shared with us, uh, I really uh, appreciate his sharing the networking on steroids because that's the same type of feeling that I get um, through my involvement with BDPA. And I would just say historically, um, over the years, it's one of the um, best um, uh, for the numerous professional associations and, and, and organizations I've been involved with, uh, one of the better networking um, groups um, locally and nationally, um, you know, it's like when you connect with someone um, anywhere in the country through BDPA, it's just that, that, that type of camaraderie, that, that professional um, family uh, that comes about. And I always, you know, jokingly share that, that BDPA hug. I mean, that just has always resonated with me and stuck with me. Um, but he, he, again, left some, some nuggets for sight, um, and that's some, I call that call it the wisdom side uh, with some of the things that he shared with us, especially the mentoring, uh, pushing oneself to excel, uh, not to be afraid to tell where you're missing the mark, you know, having that type of mentor that could push the person and that and a mentor that's not afraid, but also um, as a mentee, having something to bring to the table, not always looking at a mentor to give, but also as a mentee to be able to share in that exchange. Um, and, and recognizing to get something from from all the touches. Uh, he mentioned Wayne Hicks. He mentioned Earl Pace. Um, and, and knowing that those individuals that we meet um, in our professional lives, particularly those others that are involved in BDPA, that each person can, can, can give us something as a takeaway and we also can share, share with, with another. Um, so uh, it was you know, a very enlightening discussion. Um, for what Ted shared with us. I agree. Wayne, important takeaway from Chad's conversation. Well, again, I, I do agree with what um, what has been said by, by both uh, Jayla and Ron. The, the thing that I really love about Chad is he really, he really has been just soaking up the knowledge, soaking up information from when he first joined BDPA um, to the point that he served for a year as our national VP membership management. He has uh, trained the young people in Dallas chapter, trained them so they could be ready and prepared to compete at the national level. Um, and, and now he's he's in the presidency thing. And, I, and he really did break it down to, for a lot of, you know, local BDPA chapter leaders, you know, it's all about keeping the lights on. So it's all about making sure that you have enough money, you have enough members, to do the things that you that you want to do in terms of networking, professional development, and the others, and it's it's a it's kind of a step by step daily process. Um, when, when you're in a position like he is as the president, you know that's where that's where all the bucks stop. I mean, every you know that's that's where you, people go to get the decision. They go to get the to go to get the, the 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 comfort. They go to get whatever it is that they need to keep their BDPA dream alive. And and so I, I really do love that about about Chad. Uh, he's he's really um, been been living that dream. And and um, I smiled in his in his bio. We did note the fact that his chapter is the 17th. 
you know, largest out of 46 chapters around the country to 17th. And um, I, I just know the way that Chad works. Um, it will not be long before his chapter is up in the, you know, up in the top 10, you know, just doing what they do um, out of Dallas, Texas. Just, it's just a, it's a pleasure to hear him. And I'm just really glad that even listening to this, this show over the last you know, few years, you guys have really been doing a great job of, of listening to, to entrepreneurs, listening to BDPA leaders, listening to, you know, folks at a local level. We just, we're really trying to bring in a lot of different guests, and I, I'm just grateful to be a part of this process. Tremendous. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. And um, from my vantage point, and Chad, please chime in. From my vantage point, I really love the energy and how you share both from a national perspective as well as a local perspective, Chad, and the message that you gave me as an important takeaway was the vitality of mentorship and balancing that with encouraging people to see hey, people are on the basketball courts, but why not get out and encourage your kids to do something on the weekend and STEM? Why not challenge yourselves with other activities that are non-traditional for the population, but, in fact, educate the population on other things you can be doing? We already have a whole foundation, a whole group of people wanting to mentor our kids in DDPA. So that right there is a natural draw and another natural encouragement for the membership to get engaged teach kids, teach young adults, teach other adults about what is STEM, what is technology, how is it applied, and how can we be masters of our own domain, but yet continue to increase it and engage others with it. So uh, I love yes. this interview process. You can chime in, Chad. I apologize. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say I just, I just, I'm very grateful to have this opportunity to do so and to share, to share some of my vision. Um, but I'm, to me, I, I'm no different than you would call a coach that, that's scouting for players for a basketball team or a football team. When I mm-hmm. see students, when I see students, I'm always, I always carry around my BDPA card, and I always give them the same speech about what we do and if they perform at a certain level where they'll be in August. And when you tell them that it's all expenses paid and things of that nature, then you tell the parents that we have something for you too to where we have, you know, we, we have our monthly meetings where we talk about new technologies. Companies come companies come seeking talent to hire. Um, our last meetup, just for example, we had one young lady, she came. It was her first time. She was looking for internships. Just while she was there, I happened to get an email seeking interns, quickly gave her the number, and that was, just, that was her first introduction to BDPA. So to me, it's all about. I'm sorry. What was that? That was networking on steroids, right there. It, it's it's all about being a phone for information. That is tremendous. And you mentioned also your work with e-scripting and healthcare and healthcare IT. That's a field that I'm in. So I admire the fact you're balancing that and incorporating that together. Very good. Very good. Very happy to hear that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Absolutely. Now, I know that we are getting close to the end, but I want to ask one more question for all of you. The National Conference is coming up in August. Wayne, talk to me. Tell me some of the things you're looking forward to at the National Conference. Well, it's our 37th annual National BDPA Technology Conference. 
We are celebrating our 40th anniversary as an organization. The last 37, we've had conferences. And so we, we've been doing this for a while, and there are, there are some things that we do really, really well that I look forward to seeing in Washington, D.C. Um, it'll be held on August the 18th through the 22nd. Um, all of the information is on our website at bdpa.org. And I really just am looking forward to being able to network with the um, other chapters that I don't see all the time. We have something very special that we're planning. Um, we're going to start like like high schools do. You start celebrating, you know, those those five year anniversaries and the ten year anniversary and the fifteen and the twenty. You know, so we've actually gone back to to um, high school computer competition champions from twenty five years ago, from twenty years ago, you know, fifteen, ten, and five, and and we're gonna we're gonna find a way to honor them while we're there. And I, just, I I'm very excited by that, just to kind of show our young people. You know, here are some folks who have gone through what you're going through, and they're in college, they're out of college, they're you know they're grizzled veterans in the industry. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. We're gonna have a remarkable career fair. Uh, we should have about 50 corporations that are at that career fair. Um, any of our members mm -hmm. that are unemployed or underemployed, wonderful opportunity for them to to um, you know look for opportunities at that career fair. Uh, world-class seminars. I've seen the list of the workshops and the seminars. You know, world-class seminars, some outstanding professional development for our, you know, adult IT professionals. It's just going to be a remarkable time at the conference, and and we'll be giving out, you know, a lot of scholarships. Um, we 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 gave out over $135,000 in scholarships at our conference last year, and we're looking to match that, you know, again this year. There's a lot of scholarship money for high school seniors and for current college. You know, folks. Um, you know, Jayla's one of our our co-hosts on this, and Jayla's walked away with with a number of different BDPA scholarships to you know get her through to her senior year of college. So, it, it, I'm just looking forward to the whole thing. It should be fun. I agree. Ron, Jayla, national conference is coming up. Any special plans for it? I'll speak for myself. I thoroughly enjoy the uh, the whole ideology of the national conference. I really enjoy presenting there, meeting people there, and it's just been outstanding all the way around. Thank you all. Now a word from our sponsor. Join the evolution of IT and embrace the digital future at the 37th Annual National BDPA Technology Conference and Free Career Fair at the Washington Hilton Hotel, located at 1919 Connecticut Avenue, Northwest Washington, D.C., from August 18th to 22nd. BDPA is the largest African-American information technology association in the U.S., involved in training professionals and students in the fields of science, technology, engineering, and math. For the past 36 years, BDPA conferences have provided opportunities for innovators like you to get the knowledge and resources that are critical to stay on top. So please, from August 18th to 22nd, you too can join the evolution of IT and embrace the digital future. For more information on BDPA's National Conference and Free Career Fair, please visit www.bdpa.org. Welcome back. The conference ad is a great reminder for all BDPA members to register now at www.bdpa.org. 
inspiring and informative interviews today. Special thanks to our Tuesday, May 12, 2015 guest, Mary McWilliams, Defense Logistics Agency Six Sigma Black Belt, and Chad White, BDPA Dallas Chapter President. Thank you to our co-hosts, Wayne Hicks, Tim Butt, myself, Jayla Cruz, and Ron Story. Thank you to our studio engineer, Everaldo Gallimore. Thank you to our producer, Fran McNeil. Extra appreciation to Mr. Wayne Hicks, Executive Director of the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the BDPA iRadio Show. I'm Jayla, inviting you to listen in the second and fourth Tuesday of every month at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our next show airs Tuesday, May 26, 2015. Join us at www.blogtalkradio.com slash BDPA. BDPA iRadio, linking business, education, and technology. The BDPA iRadio show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil, sponsored by the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, and the Executive Director, Wayne Hicks. Produced by Everaldo Gallimore. Technical advice by John Melanson. BDPA iRadio broadcasts the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. Join us on blogtalkradio.com backslash BDPA. <laughs>